Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Four, three, two, one. I told you before to be careful where you put your legs. I was only trying to be helpful. I can help myself. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come on! Come on! For seven decades, Michael Keane has been among the world's most renowned and recognisable actors. It was just what I needed, a one-inch god with a two-inch penis. The star of classics like Zulu, The Man Who Will Be King, and The Cider House Rules. It's a miracle no one was killed. But also films that brought his career to the brink of complete implosion. I made a mistake. Somehow, he has always found a way back. You're a big man, but you're in bad shape. With me, it's a full-time job. In this epic podcast series, we will watch and review every Michael Caine movie, from the greatest hits... You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! ...to the incredible misses. You've failed to maintain your weapon, son. And take a deep dive into the life and work of one of the world's most recognisable film stars. His name is Michael Caine, and no one will forget his name. Behave yourself. To understand... How he has made the mark of Cain. Well, you all settled in? Right, we can begin. For God's sake, come in! Hello and welcome to the first episode of The Mark of Cain, our epic voyage through the film career of Michael Cain, watching every single movie since his big break in the film Zulu in 1964, through a life and movie spanning seven decades now. We'll climb the dizzying highs of his Oscar-winning performances in Hannah and Her Sisters and The Cider House Rules, and through the films that defined Kane as Kane, like The Italian Job, Get Carter, and The Man Who Will Be King, and the other films that also defined Kane as Kane, those dumpster fire movies that most actors of his stature wouldn't have touched with a six-foot barge pole, from Swarm to Jaws of Revenge to Megas, the list goes on. My name is Michael Foley, and joining me on this journey is Stephen Black, the creator and author of the Mallow News Twitter account and its accompanying book. Stephen, how are you? I'm good, Mick. I feel as if I'm about to climb Mount Everest, uh, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm trepidatious, I, I'm full of excitement, but the Sherpas have deserted us, and I'm only now beginning to notice the, the hordes of dead, frozen bodies surrounding me. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, it, Are we excited? Is, it, is, is that a dangerous emotion right now? We've seen the filmography, like we know, we have an idea of what's coming. Yeah, it's pretty much anything bad that happens to us, we deserve it. Much like those tourists on, on Everest who don't prepare and die. I, I think there will at least be a good dose of brain fever in there anyway. So look, this is the way we're going to do this, okay? We're going to start this first episode, okay? As a kind of gather up of his life and film career so far right now, okay? So we're, that's 17 movies down straight away. By the way, I counted his movies recently, okay? I went to the filmography, counted them down. So to date, Kane has appeared in or is slated to appear in 136 movies, 136 of them, right? So we're going to knock 17 of those down today. And then we're going to start properly, if you like, with Zulu, the next episode, his big break. And then each episode, we'll focus on a single movie. Occasionally, we might bundle a few together, especially when we reach the era of cameo cane. But every film will get the full treatment, as in, we'll watch the whole thing. Yes, we will watch the whole thing. And we promise that we won't skip through to the bits that Kane is in. That would be unethical. That would be very unethical. No fast forwarding. Uh, but I would imagine no no rewinding either. So just in case you're wondering who we are, 
and why us? Why, why, why are we doing this? I keep it brief because our qualifications actually really don't extend really beyond knowing each other a very, very long time and having a history of watching a lot of television and film with very little quality control. I'd find as much merit actually in bad TV as the good stuff and, and the same with movies, which I think is probably a good quality for dealing with the Kane catalogue. That's right, Mick. Many adolescents would foolishly focus on uh, pursuing girls, sports, academia. That wasn't for me. No, I'd much rather sit down and watch shit nonstop on television or on, on mm-hmm. video. Yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, know I how think... else you would have spent your adolescence. No, pretty, that's pretty much it. And I, I think on at least on, on at least two, if not indeed those three criteria, uh, we proved ourselves to be abject failures as 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 teenagers, as teenagers in different ways. Anyway, 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 anyway. So that's where we are. This that's our glittering. This is our glittering um, sort of qualifications for for this particular role. We've done no prior training apart from watching loads and loads of crap movies um, uh, through our lives. So I think that'll give us enough oxygen to kind of get a fair way up this particular hill. Um, before we just get into the things, I just want to kind of you know why are we doing this, right? Can you can you kind of put meat on the bones of this for people? Like, I mean, people will go, yeah, Michael Caine, yeah, good actor, done some good movies, done some bad ones, but sure hasn't everybody. Like, why why should we be looking at Michael Caine of all actors and delving into his filmography like this? I think it's it, mainly because, uh, as you mentioned at the start, there is no other living actor, got an emphasis on living uh, actor who has a career like him. He's basically been making movies since the 60s. Uh, he's gone from box office gold to box office poison, often within the same year and often within the same movie. He's bounced back like a serial killer at the end of a horror movie. Uh, in later years, he seems to have selected movies based on the location and how much money he's been paid. And depending on uh, the time of his life, how, much, how drunk he was when he was reading the script. So I think from <laughs> from many perspectives, he's a very interesting actor. Uh, see, I don't know about you, Mick, the, the first time I ever came across Michael Caine that I can remember anyway was in Educating Rita, uh, which is the first video that we ever rented. And for younger listeners, uh, just Google what a video is. Uh, <laughs> it's a historical uh, way of watching movies before you could download them or stream them illegally. Yeah. So other than that, kind of through the years, you kind of see him in movies of varying quality, but always the back of my mind, I've always been wondering, what is it about him that may actually makes him popular? I've, mm. You'd see him and he's, it's Michael Caine and it's Michael Caine in every, more or less over the years, it's a different type of Michael Caine. You might see it might be, you know, standing up Michael Caine uh, through the 60s and 70s. Then there's uh, a hungry for the work Michael Caine in the 80s. And then when you get into the 90s and up to now, really, he's transitioning from the uh, roomy, wet-eyed patrician uh, role uh, to the Michael Caine now sits down role. Um, <laughs> basically, we do for the last couple of years, which is every role I must be sitting down, and if I could eat at the same time, that would be great. That would be fantastic. So basically, just looking, just looking at the, what I'm looking to get out of this, I suppose, really is is an understanding about why he is famous mm. because. On paper, it doesn't make sense. I mean, he's not—he's not handsome. I mean, I—I I mean, obviously, uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But if you look at his peers at the time when he came up, with like some maybe Sean Connery or Paul Newman or Robert Redford, I mean, compared to them, he looks like a, kind of an albino iguana. So, you know, it's—it's it's not just that. Is it charm? I guess. Yeah. Maybe he, he, uh, there is there might be something of the night about him. I don't know. It's not my. Uh, we can't really get into the time machine and ask our grandparents whether or not he made their ovaries tickle or something. <laughs> so basically, what we're uh, look kind of look hoping to do is look at these movies and look at his life in the context of the movie at the time that he was making them and see if there's kind of any understanding to uh, what he brings to the screen as an actor or what he brings to a role a role as Michael Caine. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's basically, you know, that's basically one of the reasons, uh, the main reason why I'm doing this and not just because I came up with the title first and convinced you to do this uh, as no, a result of that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a fantastic title though. I have to say it, The Mark of Cain. I mean, you know, it was, it, it was enough, it, it was enough of a reason to come up with some way to link any kind of topic to that title and make a podcast out of it. But yeah, like it's, I mean, you know, as you say, he's he's not a conventionally good-looking guy compared to your Newmans, your Redfords, and your Connerys. I mean, he you know, he, he describes himself at the time as like being a you know a gangly, pale lad with a big nose, and and of course then he adds the black glasses. And but it's it is inter- it is interesting this green presence, this charisma. As you you know, is it is it is he inhabiting these? He likes he often say in his interviews and in his books that he tries to inhabit a character. But I mean, when you're watching Michael Caine on, in a movie, you're very conscious that you're watching Michael Caine. That's one of the, that's one of the selling points of the movie. It's Caine. So there must be something about his, yeah, he doesn't dis- his he charisma, d- isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't, dis- he doesn't disappear into, uh, into the role. He's not like Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, he's, it's not like he went off to study quantum mechanics, you know, like for six years be- uh, before playing a physicist in Interstellar or, you know, um, practiced at being a morphine-addicted abortionist yeah. uh, so he could get the role inside the house rules perfect, you know? It is charisma. There is something about him. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that. I mean, you know, I, I think I had a bit more of of, ex- of, a, of awareness of Michael Caine compared to yourself for... For very simple reasons, like my first memory of him is on a is on a movie poster. Our uncle uh, used to own a video shop, and he used to give us video posters that they did or posters for movies that they did new. So we had like Platoon on the wall and all sorts of stuff that were completely inappropriate for eight and nine year olds. Um, but we had uh, Blame It on Rio, which is you know something from the mid eighties uh, that I think will be a, a low point I'd say in his in his career but that was Michael Caine's name was on my wall when I was a kid we had a book at home um called not many people know that it was a book it wasn't a, an autobiography or a biography it was a it was a book of interesting facts uh compiled in inverted commas by Caine and 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 put out and you know obviously I don't have the book anymore but I did go to Amazon just to see what the reviews were like and <laughs> the mind the book but the reviews are well worth having a read of like um you know just to give you a a, a sense of the one particular review i won't dwell on this but it's 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 good it's it, the, the reviewer says another extremely unfortunate point that has to be made is that many of kane's facts are even to the layman clearly spurious incorrect that is or if not incorrect certainly insanely difficult to verify like the fact that some soft drinks are made sweeter by adding coal or that an American aircraft in Vietnam shot itself down with one of its own missiles. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so not many people know that. So it was like a book full of those. So I used to dip in and out of these things. I just thought, who is this guy? And then we were a little bit older, myself and my brother. I mean, that brings us back to what you were saying earlier. How were you, how, how were you not more of a hit with the ladies in, in, in secondary <laughs> no, school, yeah. you had... That armory at your disposal. <laughs> I was coming with this array of interesting facts. Excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, I don't like to shout at you at the nightclub, but did you know? <laughs> did you know about the American aircraft in Vietnam that shot itself down with one of its missiles? Why, why are you running away? You're walking are away. You... That's fine. That's why fine. are you running away? What's your problem? That's an appropriate response. <laughs> it's like, 
Uh, and that, but to, to be fair, this reviewer also makes the very, the very good point that these facts can be made an awful lot funnier if read aloud in a pseudo Cockney accent. But anyway, we also had uh, a recording on video um, of Too Late the Hero, but actually half of the movie Too Late the Hero, which is an early 70s war movie starring Kane that's largely been forgotten about. But myself and my brother watched it so much, we practically knew the script. Uh, and was it the first half or the second, the second half? half? Oh, the good half. Uh, I, I actually dipped into Too Late to Hero recently just to see what it was like. I had no memory of the first half, but it goes on a bit. It picks up a bit better in the second half. But anyway, that's for another day. Of course, as we know, Michael Caine wasn't born Michael Caine. He was born Morris Joseph Micklewhite. He was born on the 14th of March, 1933. Lived in Southwark in London. Got, as a kid, was taken out of the city during World War II. Came back. Lived in the Elephant and Castle after the war. Uh, his father was uh, he was a fish market porter in Billingsgate um, didn't he suffer do you remember something about did he suffer from rickets or something like that as a kid do you remember he had to there was this whole thing he used to tell this story about going up the five flights of stairs to his house and so to, you know the toilet was he outside did, he did, he did yeah yeah, he said he had rickets when he was one of the ways he used to build up his, his uh, the strength of his, his legs was making uh, going up and down the five flights of stairs to use the jacks outside. That was it. So that was one of the marvellous anecdotes that litter his many, many biographies. I lived in a house had uh, four floors, one toilet, and that was out in the garden and no bathrooms. My parents were obviously very poor, but we certainly were millionaires as far as love was concerned. What I adored was the cinema. And so, as often as possible, I would play truant from school because I'd already got the idea that I wanted to be an actor. And I remember when I told people I was going to become an actor that the answer that I got most often was, who do you think you are? And I thought, well, so who the hell do I have to be to be an actor? He was a Korean War veteran, of course. Fought in the, fought, fought in the Korean War. Had a very, in fairness, had a very... Uh, close encounter during that he was on a patrol um towards chinese lines um and had a very very narrow escape back to his own side could have taken him out and seems to have had a huge impact on his thinking about things uh through his through his life as it would came home um his father passed away quite young he's quite young he was uh, died in 1955 so that would have made kane 21 22 his father was 56 he died of liver cancer there was a there was an interesting dynamic between his father and himself, wasn't there? Kind of around Kane being an actor. I think, yeah, his father was under the impression uh, because uh, and Kane freely admits this in his autobiography that he wasn't such a hit with the ladies. Uh, partner with the fact that he decided he wanted to pursue a career in uh, acting, that his father thought that he that he might be gay. Um, but he, he he makes a point. Uh, he makes many points about uh, how he isn't uh, homosexual within the first few chapters of his book. But one one of the stories he tells is that uh, uh, after he's basically been acting for a little while before he makes a big now because his father dies before he, he he gets his big break. But his father, you know, looked him straight in the eye and asked, "Are you a Nancy boy?" To which uh, Michael Michael responded, "No, I'm not." And that was the end of, the, of that was the end of the matter. So it was again. A lot of a lot of his stories end up like such and such happened, and after it happened, I vowed to myself I would never do X again, or I would only do Y again. Yes. Um, he, he was a man who's completely made he built his character around uh, things that have happened to him in his yeah, life, which is well, that's not uncommon. To be fair, it's <laughs> not uncommon, but like he did, he kind of does make the the whole point, like you know, uh, 
his father died young and he decided, you know, he was going to make something of himself no matter what. So, but to be fair, like, you know, he, his father's death obviously has a huge impact on him. And he does say that, you know, it, it, it makes him determined to make acting work no matter what. Which kind oh, of, but he says that every five I know, pages. I know, he says that every five fucking pages. And then a friend and then a friend of mine committed and then a friend of mine committed yes. suicide and then it was then I decided and then an agent <laughs> rejected me and then I decided I got angry. I was decided I'd make the it point. despite them. And then I couldn't afford milk and the milkman looked at me and then I, uh, in a strange way and then I decided I'd show him I become the best man actor there ever was it's... unbelievable this is this is like being on one of those 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 angry college phone-in shows where you don't get a chance to speak what i was going to say was that this episode and this conviction in him to make it work may well explain why he basically says yes to so many awful things that there's more in his head there's more to life than um the work you know than making this flawless that's in some places uh, what what movie was it that he says he's never seen the film but he's seen the the, the house it built? Oh. Jaws the yeah. Revenge. Yeah. So you know he's got he's got a bigger world view as a result of what happens to him at, at a young age. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, you have a point. I'm only taking the piss of me, but really, he's it, it, he he didn't he didn't uh, he was a late bloomer in terms of actually yeah. making it. So he was what he was thirty. Yeah. yeah, and married. I mean, he, was when married he, when he, had had he got married in 1954. Married with a kid at that yeah. stage. So he's he had basically a decade of penury and po- poverty before he actually made it big. So literally, literally, he was hungry for so long that I mean, it definitely would have, uh, I guess, had an impact on the the movie make decisions he, he or that he made over the subsequent 40, 50, 50 years. years. Exactly, I don't even left him. So yeah, so I mean, he, as I say, he was married in nineteen fifty four. He was already an actor at that stage. He, his first role was a very small role in in a production of Wuthering Heights with the Westminster Repertory Company. That was July fifty three. He meets Patricia Haynes um, when he moves to another repertory company. They marry. They have a daughter, Dominique, two years later. But the marriage, the marriage breaks up very soon afterwards. He, he finds, I mean, according to himself, um, getting married and having a child really puts a stop on his career. And he ends up doing all these kind of, you know, menial jobs that he doesn't really want to be in. So he basically kind of, I mean, you can look at it whatever way you want, but he, he basically walks away and, uh, and freely admits that he wasn't, he, he, he really didn't have a relationship with his daughter until she was for probably another another 12 or 13 years. But he moves in with Terence Stamp. He's hanging out with all these Peter O'Toole. He was an understudy to Peter O'Toole for a play. He's surrounded now by by upcoming actors in London. Uh, Frank Finlay is another one that, he's, that, 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 that he plays, uh, that he's involved in a play with uh, the long, the short and the tall himself and Terence Stamp actually is in it as well. But, there, you know, all this is happening now. We're now at sort of like late fifties, early sixties, and he's starting to be in these movies that we were talking about earlier. These, these non-speaking roles, these kind of extra background guys, and so on, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he does. He he does at various stages have to go back to what he what he what he deems menial jobs to kind of keep the the light on and wherever he's living. Uh, my own favorite story is uh, when he was working uh, in the night shift in a donut factory. All right. Uh, with a bunch of a bunch of lads, and they used to all he'd say was they used to play this very interesting game with ring donuts, <laughs> and it put them off eating them eating ring donuts for life. <laughs> so you know, classic cane anecdote, like classic cane anecdote. You know, even the most mean I'm doing a menial job, but I, I'll I'll hang a story on it that has a lesson for life. Yeah. We should probably just draw a line under this as well. We could we could we could say to you um, that we do our best not to make terrible Michael Caine impersonations yes. throughout the, the, this podcast series, but the, we, that, I can't make I, promises. I can't I make it. But you know what? I can't. I think we should commit that if we are doing Caine impressions, 
that they are contemporary Kane impressions. So if it's if it's a sixties movie, it's young Michael Kane. If it's kind of movie in seventies and eighties, it's the eighties Kane. And if it's Patrician Kane, do eighties Kane. Do eighties Kane. I can't do. I'm not going to do eighties Kane. Are you going to work your way? Well, I can't. Are you hoping that you'll be so old by the time <laughs> yeah. we get to eighties Kane that your voice will have that natural timbre? Yeah, that you can kind of go yeah. a bit more. I'll be eighties Mick by then. Uh, you know, but uh, but Patrician Kane then. We slow it down. We talk. Bit wet-eyed. I, that was terrible. Wet-eyed. What am I? That's from, what am I from the West Country? Anyway, you know what I mean. You can you can do a better Patrician Kane than I can anyway. But that we, I can't do it. I can't. But I, my, I, what I will commit to, I will commit to making that. I, for most people, when they start off doing an impression, we're, we're practiced. They will get better. I I make this commitment to you that I will get steadily worse. Well, that's until by the time we finish this, I will sound like a Cockney albatross <laughs> that's had a stroke. <laughs> Well, that, that's that's something to look forward to. If, if if nothing else from this podcast, I'm looking forward to you yeah. becoming a stroke afflicted Cockney albatross. Consider, yeah, consider that the life belt that I've just thrown into the fucking sea of torment that the next hundred or so of these. It's going be. to be fun. It's going to be good. Ah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Is there anything you want to say about any of the movies that he did? The first seventeen before Zulu. Is there any ones you want to point up? Anything you want to say about them? I suppose just one of the one of the the some t- it was a made for TV movie. The compartment uh, was uh, basically the, the the one that got assigned with Roger Moore's agent. Um, apparently, he was excellent at that. Uh, it's a t- it's a two hander set in a uh, train compartment okay. um, where he plays where he plays a working class musician who gets more and more uh, angry and frustrated with a, with a, an upper class gentleman at the time. So it's kind of a class class wars kind of thing. But uh, the BBC taped over it, oh, so there's oh, no, no. Presumably, presumably with a copy of Match of the yeah. Day, but yeah, it's uh, it's gone. So we only have uh, you can. There is a version of it there, but it's it's uh, it, they remade it in the sixties. But instead of Michael Caine, they have uh, Marty Feldman, right? Okay, who is not exactly the most natural. I mean, if you were to do kind of like an increase, I mean, increasing scale of bug eyedness, you may have Michael Caine at the lower end for yeah. for Marty Feldman's way 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 up there. There's it's that's just- Tenuous connection between but the two, no, but no, but yeah, it's 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 a different. No. That's a that's that's taking the show in a totally different direction. We all used to knock around in a place called the Arts Theatre Club. That's where I became Michael Caine, actually. Fact, I had changed my name from Maurice Micklewhite to Michael Scott, and my agent said there is another Michael Scott who is a member of Equity, and as you're going to do television, you must be a member of Equity. But I've got to have a name while you're on the phone now. Now I'm panicking. And Leicester Square is where all the cinemas, rather like Times Square in New York, are. And I'm looking around, and, and I could see through the trees. There was the Kane Mutiny film with Humphrey Bogart from the play The Kane Mutiny Court Martial was on. And through the t- trees, I could just see Kane. So I said, Michael Kane. And, and that... Hill in Korea. Hill in Korea is a movie from '56. Obviously, it's set in the Korean War, he has a, a direct experience of that, but it's with Stanley Baker. And there's some, there, there, there is some interesting people in it. Um, you have Stephen Boyd. Stephen Boyd uh, mightn't, mightn't be a name that leaps at you, but if, if I say Stephen Boyd played Masala in Ben-Hur three years later, he's Ben-Hur's great, and I suppose he ends up being his nemesis in the movie. He's in it. Uh, Stanley Baker, as I said. There's various other people that, that, that 
if you if you if you've been watching if if you watch kind of 50s 60s british war movies they're all in it they're all in it but he's he's in it but what's significant about this one and one of the reasons i picked it because it segues quite nicely uh is that stanley baker of course was the and up in the producer of zulu and baker went to see uh kane in a play called next time i'll sing to you and he asked him to come to an audition for zulu um this was obviously the big break. Uh, he's actually, he was actually auditioning for a, a, a part of a Cockney corporal. I think, cor- I think it was a corporal. Anyway, Henry Hook, who who plays a significant role in the movie afterwards. He did anyway. This, the part was gone when he got there, but Cy Enfield was the director, an American, and to that point, Kane was seen as the Cockney actor. So he was doing a bit of TV as well, and this was his thing. But Cy Enfield just saw this slim pale looking um englishman walking along uh walking walking by the bar of the prince of wales theater where the auditions were on and what struck him was that this guy looks like a slightly a fet british officer so he asks him to he asks him to do a screen test the screen test is appalling absolutely dreadful he's at a party the following week um Enfield is there um Kane is looking to see will Enfield engage in conversation. He eventually does to tell him that the, that the screen test was bloody awful and he doesn't know why he's doing it, but he's going to give him a go at being Bromhead, who is one of the officers in Zulu. And and this is, he's going to take a chance on him, basically. Um, which is, a you know, this is the break now. He's now at the doorstep, you know. He's at the doorstep of what comes next. And we will come to the next episode We'll be diving headlong into Zulu and, you know, go watch it, go have a look at it. Uh, even if you think you remember it, which I think most of us have seen it at some stage in our lives over Christmas or something like that, or any bank holiday, go find it again, have a look at it, come back for our next episode. We're going to start this. The great, the longest journeys, Stephen, start with a small step. That's true. They do, unless you're driving. <laughs> a fair point, a fair point. And the sort of, the sort of crushing diminuendo that I've no doubt we will get used to as these podcasts go along. Okay. You see, I think I find that interesting now that you, you, you're so, you're so literate that you know the word diminuendo, yeah. but you pro- pronounce the word, you pronounce the word defeat, effect. Effect. Tomato, tomato. But I'm glad you're here to correct me as well, though. That's, that's, that's another reason. Oh, I can't, I can only imagine that that won't come back. Oh, I doubt it. I doubt I wouldn't be like that. All right. Are we happy? Have we said enough? So yeah, I think we've done enough. Um, if you have any questions about Zulu, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at MarkerKane2. And we'll do our best to answer them for you in the first episode proper. Yeah, so look, go enjoy Zulu and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come on. Okay, and that's it for our introductory episode, our light touch regulation episode into the world of Michael Caine. If you want to ask us any questions on Zula, and of course you do, who wouldn't? You can hit us up on Twitter at Mark of Caine 2, fuck Mark of Caine 1, just to, to let you know that's two separate things. The, the Twitter handle is at Mark of Caine 2. Ask us any question you like, no matter how personal, and we'll talk to you next week.